Welcome to the Queensland Racing Preview. I'm your host, Scooty Pippin, and I've got MJ in the house. What's going on under that beanie, MJ? You hiding the uh, the, the Nike swoosh earrings, or I've seen them from Daryl Hanson the other day in a couple of couple of photos. You haven't you haven't got your ears pierced in the, the Nike swoosh? No, um, not bad. Not bad. Get up from D Hanson in a few of those photos that have been splashed across a few articles this week. That um, that little cap that he wears and the gold Nike earring. Uh, and the Oakley Eye jackets, it's a throwback to the 1990s, isn't it? Seems that way to me too. I thought I woke up in 1997 for when I first read that article. Quite weak in Queensland, you'd say. <laughs> What's new? Honestly, um, just another day in paradise up here. It wasn't that long ago that we had a leading Brisbane trainer come out and, and accuse his uh, peers of being cheats. And, uh, and then we get this... Um, I would probably label it as sensationalism in these, some of these headlines that went out yesterday early. Yeah. Once again, um, you know, once again, our integrity, um, you know, guys up here release this info through certain media channels. Um, there used to be a certain uh, scribe up here that would get the, get the juice first, but um, it looks like he's been kicked to the curb for speaking ill of Curic and now they're using uh, RaceNet uh, for putting out this information and as the day wore on we, we saw trainers come out uh, with facts and one trainer st- story I read in uh, particular interest on Facebook from um, from that trainer's Facebook page saying that um, the inquiry was in January and they received an email Monday and had until Friday to submit a plea uh, oh, yeah. and he was actually uh, charged with um, uh, for buying a saline drench, which um, you know, which is not a legal substance, not performing enhancing substance, and can be used and can be administered administered to horses, uh, you know, outside of that twenty four hour prior to its race time. So, um, continue to shoot ourselves in the foot up here and, and generate bad publicity. Well, I just don't understand uh, what's going on behind it. Um, and then you know, we had a few weeks ago, we uh, Toowoomba made the headlines with an tr- unnamed trainer being raided by the uh, crime organised crime squad. Um, mm. There was no names attached to that in, in the press releases, um, no, no detail around that either. So it just, like, you can understand why people just wouldn't bet here um, when they just read those headlines. So major issue that, um, that Racing Queensland needs to get hold of and fix sooner rather than later before we continue to, uh, you know, fall into the abyss and, and just become even less relevant than they already are. Well, I guess at least the... Um the headlines in the papers sort of signal that the, the winter carnival's still got a breath of life up there. We've got the glass house in a couple of weeks. I think we've got three weeks left. There's a group three on the weekend. Um, the fields are a little bit disappointing, I'd say, this week. But there's probably three good weeks left of Queensland Racing before it goes into hibernation. And, yeah, unfortunately for you, uh, the workload doesn't stop. You are good last week at Doombin. Yeah, around 15% profit on turnover, which was great. You've got the Gold Coast uh, tomorrow with Toowoomba. So I hope you're in bed early and I don't want to see you on the red wine on uh, on your Twitter account. Uh, you'll have a curfew tonight for sure. But then uh, the racing open opens up back to, um, you know, pre-COVID times and you get, you know, more racing and stuff. So you're going to be flat out um, with the mailbag. So that's good news for the punters at home. Plenty of turnover. Uh, you're sort of the knight in shining armour for turnover. I'm surprised they don't... Um, Make a statue for you at Doombin or 
or Toowoomba or, or somewhere, you'd be responsible for a heck of a amount of turnover. Oh, I'm just trying to just trying to do our best. Um, and that's about it. I don't know about whether a statue. Um, that's for sure. But so anyway, look, it's um, it's good. It's good racing still. Like it's um, next. I'm really looking forward to this um, to this calendar getting back to you know back to sort of like you say pre-COVID times. Most of the action will be on the Friday and the Saturdays, which is great. So probably I could probably free myself up to have Monday lunch, like a long lunch on a Monday, and, and make up for the red wine consumption there, maybe. But, Are you still seeing the PT from the stratosphere days? Or yes, mate. Um, yeah, I'm going to... Because you I'm look gonna, good. I'm going to post a video today. I'm, uh, I'm doing 80 k, <laughs> 80kg reps on uh, back squats and deadlifts I'm up to at the moment. So, you know, I just, I'm really you know, getting into that big dog sort of territory at the moment. Um, not losing any weight, but I'm certainly building strength and the cardio stuff's going to start next week. Nice to hear. Right, enough of the dribble. Let's talk doom and racing this week. It's the rails at four and a half metres. Uh, the forecast looks pretty good. Expecting probably a good four. Uh, I thought the track played a little bit leaderish last last meeting, um, which has been a like a bit disappointing because Doomben, I guess you can forgive it. It's it's been the standout track uh, all year really, uh, and it's played super super fair. So a little bit disappointing to see you know the bias. But, um, you still scrape scraped out a win but the first race that we're going to talk about uh it's a bogey horse or it's one of our horses Selimate. two starts ago Orman at $14 couldn't get the job done and then it's run into a really good one in Vanna Girl and and just sort of kept coming for the line so I'd say the extra distance suits Selimate has opened up favour around the $3.50 quote uh Wapiti is on the second line of betting uh it looks probably the lay for mine and the X factor would be Lando Bay from the John Thompson yard. Uh, you always have to respect Sydney horses when they when they come up and, and head up north. What uh, what were your thoughts in race two at Doomben? I still still like gives me a twitch looking at that Salamade run two back at the Gold Coast but didn't win. Uh, when we were on it at $14. Um, yeah, look, I suppose in this one for me, I think it's a bit of map and um, it's early in the day. So we're not going to have a really clear guide on the track. You, you touched on last week's track. Um, you, know, you forgive anything in, you know, in the back third of the, of the field on settling, really difficult to make ground. And uh, what we're going to see here is Lando Bay settle substantially in front of Salamate, I think from the wide gate and... Um, you know, to get back horse normally anyway. So I just anticipate it's going to be last. A um, couple of speed humps sort of settle back with it as well. And then you've got Lando Bay going forward. No clear leader in this race that um, on the map for me, probably or maybe Tears of Love. Um, no jockey on this horse yet. And it is accepted to run in uh, to Woomba on Friday. Uh, in a week race. So I'm not sure where they'll go. They've got the stable, mate, the minivan accepted here from the crop stable with uh, a jockey engaged. So if it doesn't uh, take its place, you know, we could see a, like a, a slowly run race and, and you know, Matt Fabers will probably go to Lando Bay. Mm. Uh, that being the case. Yeah, if they can... <laughs> I think the, the, the horse with the superior um, turn of foot is Selenade. Only a poor steer would get it beat, and we've seen plenty of those. Uh, looking at the punningform.com.au data that I 
take notice of. I think it looks the one. But, again, I just sort of, as, as Dicko says, I pray to Zeus, I pray to God, I pray to Harry Potter and all those sort of characters to try every time that Orman steps on it on a horse. It's just you are in the lap of the gods. So, surely. Uh, yeah, well, look- I think the safe. The safest play would be to lay Whoppity and um, and then just see who fights it out. But uh, yeah, look, I'm not saying I'm not saying Salamate can't win. You know, like um, you know, if Tears of Love comes out and you and you're with a nine horse field, like even if it does sit or last, it's still going to be able to. Well, with the right with the right steer, it should be able to creep into the race. Um, you know, build into the race and get not far off the leaders by the time you know they let rip from the top of the straight. So. Um, yeah, certainly can win. I'm not saying it can't win, but I don't know. I just I'm leaning Lando Bay at this stage, just ahead of mm. Celebrates. You like a couple in the middle of the card. Um, we might save them for the mailbag subscribers. A touch. Uh, Doom and Race Five's an interesting one. I know you're a big Chris Waller man. You've got the Winks poster up up on the back. You're always Crush. a fan of <laughs> of what Waller's doing in the races. He's only got the four. Well, actually, actually, he's got the, he's got five runners. He's got Satano Raz and the uh, the Japanese runner in there as well. Uh, these these Waller staying events are they good for racing? You think? No, um, not for me personally. I don't know. Like, no, I don't think it is good for racing. But surely it stifles turnover. I have no facts to back that up. But I can only speak about my own turnover, and it's, it certainly stifles mine. <laughs> Um, you know, how could you possibly bet into a race with five stable mates and, and not know the tactics of, of each one? Um, the most favoured runner um, seems to go well. I don't know. Look, LeJuge the other week was a great example. I think Waller had 17 of the 18 runners and, and LeJuge, um, you know, got the money and the post-race narrative was, oh, it was its race today because it was down in the weights and we were keen on it and whatever else. Like, it just drives me mental. Um, yeah, you can sort of grow yourself up. Definitely. Um, look, not a, like it's... Um, like I'll be cheering La Pulga purely because it, mm. uh, Michael Costa trains it and Waller doesn't and they've got five and <laughs> I think it's, always, it's a little bit... Da- of, David, <laughs> David Goliath. Yeah, look, it's always a little bit of, you know, cheer for the underdog. Look, I don't, I don't have no knock on La Pulga and what it's done. It's horse is going well. Um mm. You know, and with, you know, with a little bit of luck in transit, which you know, a lot of these races are so even. Whatever gets the luck, you know, can race, can be in the finish. So, yeah, um, nothing with any, no, nothing of any strength, um, you know, opinion-wise, just yet. But um, he seems to place his horses really well. Nick Costa, and looking at the, uh, yeah, the stats in the database that I've got with punning form, it, yeah, the combination with Jag. Was, Guthman Chester, or however you say it, um, it, it seems exceptionally well to to place his horses, and he finds the right riders or the right sort of situations for his horses as well. Yeah, he's had that yeah. with Super Giant as well, and yeah, when Lapuga won last start, he sort of bobbed up and surprised a few. But um, yeah, well, he's got a cheap. got a good strike rate, Costa. You know, he he strikes it. I think he's sort of quick look on punning form here. His career winning strike rate's about 17% in the last 12 months. Um, you know, he's just tick over 20% his last 50 runners. He's winning at 24%. So, you know, a lot of that become, comes down to placing the right horse in the right race. And like you say, he's very good at doing that. Um, and uh, this horse has been pretty consistent. Uh, 
sort of done nothing on the data to suggest that he's um, that he's dropping off and um, in his performances. So yeah, I expect it to run well again. Mm, his stuff on Instagram is really good. He seems to be um, pretty honest about his chances and just a realist, which is pretty refreshing in racing. If we uh, we skip across to one of the feature races, the Sapphire Stakes, race eight, uh, Baccarat Baby, sort of she just goes in favourite automatically. Hasn't won for quite some time now for, you know, maybe a bad ride here or there. But as you sort of touched on off-air, D Van Dyke is, is nearly an auto bet when he places his horses in Queensland. He's got amazing stats. Um, she's a strong runner. Uh, but then, again, he finds a, a tricky little field. So it's 450 Baccarat Baby, 550 Chrome, Tricky Gal, $6, $7.50 Shawnee. Shahood's an interesting one. I thought it was odd for this horse to have another run this preparation, whether they're trying to bottom it out, I don't, I don't really know. But that was I thought it'd be set for the paddock. Delectation Girl, 8.50. And, yeah, horse that's massively out of form is Teleplay, $18. Red Steiner, 23. Barefoot, uh, 23. And, and better the rest. It's it's definitely, uh, at this stage of its preparation, Baccarat Baby, I couldn't come into it and I couldn't have it as favourite. And 450 doesn't really appeal to me. What What did you think of the, the race? Yeah, look, just quickly, just to touch on um, what you mentioned about David Van Dyke. One of the one of the key features uh, of punting form that I like is um, is when you can get in there and create a couple of systems and you able to pull some data on trainers and and that sort of thing um, with all different factors. And just a flat just a flat look at David Van Dyke statistics over the last 12 months, um, winning it. 27% winning strike rate. Um, and if you just flat stake every runner for the last 12 months, you'd be winning at 30% profit on turnover, which is... Um, Huge. It's as, it's as good as any that I've seen. I do run a, I do run a lot of stats. I love, love a stat. Um, and the, the numbers that, uh, that Stable produces is unbelievable. I um, there's examples. There's plenty of examples anyway, but that's just that's the last 12 months. I mean, obviously they've they've got one good, you know, a, a top liner in there, um, an alligator blood, which obviously you know went at a pretty high winning strike rate last preparation. But overall, just amazing stat. Um, so you're beginning. So are we going to auto bet Baccarat Baby, or we're going to let that one go? Oh, I'll let that go. <laughs> <I'll> let... <laughs> I might have to set up a little bot. Just with the uh, just take the SP. That's working on SP. So um, yeah, lucky uh, Lucy form reads okay, but and it yeah. was a good, uh, not a bad run last start, but been up a very long time. It has. Look, um, I've settled on one here uh, in Crone. I'm pretty keen on it. Um, it's run two back was was really good. It, you know, savage late. Um, just missed. Then last start. Look, I'm happy to I'm happy to pen in its last start effort. Look, I, I, you have a look at its SP profile there. You know, it was twenty six dollars when it just got beat two back, and then it was around fourteen dollars last time. I think the gate was against it, and the mappers, were, you know, were clearly against the horse, and it did drift a little bit. The form's okay. You go back and have a look at the run. It was it was super. It wasn't beaten far. Wasn't able to take any shortcuts in the run at all. It was back and then wide and tracked wide, and really liked the way that it finished off its race. Um, 
you know, it was able to to really dash up from the six to the four to try and get into the race a little bit when they quickened and then were still strong through the line. Um, yeah. And obviously the draw, you know, and Brad Stewart here, um, no knock on Jim Byrne, but obviously just, you know, the way, the form that Brad's riding in, I think from the gate, he'll just find the right spot. Um, I just like the way that this race, this race shapes up for it. And uh, it's not favourite yet. Um, I'm sort of anticipating it will be. I think it's a better horse than the stable mate, Tricky Gal. Um, Tricky Gal gets has got Bailey on, who's uh, he you know he notched his uh, hundred and one half winner for the season uh, in that midweek meeting at Ipswich. I think um, I just think he might be a little bit better horse um, than Tricky Gal, but um, you know, like I say, it'll get it'll get every chance too with with Bailey on it. Uh, and then you've got Baccarat Baby, like you mentioned, who I think will drift in the market. Um, I think they'll push forward on it, but it's going to do a bit of work. And, and I think Crone will find itself in a stalking position somewhere just behind it. And I think Crone will start favourite. Baccarat Baby will drift. And I think I think uh, Crone's the horse to beat. Yeah, I I think you've got, you know, what I, I want to try and figure out what, you know, when to bet. I think this is definitely a horse that syndicates will find. You've got Golan, Stewart. Um, statistically, it stacks up. You got an, in, you know, it's going to sit more forward with Stewart on from an inside draw. Uh, even coming off that higher SP, the drop back in class is good enough for me to um, to say that he'll it, be starting favourite for sure. So I think you, you're definitely on the right on the right path there. If yeah, if it doesn't win tomorrow, you can sort of sack it for life. I would have thought. Um, I like that. I like that aggressive approach from you. Win or sack? Yeah, well, it's just like it just seems to be like the perfect storm, perfect setup, mm. and it was for mine. If you look at the replays of the Dane Ripper Stakes, I just don't know he he can be on any other runner. I thought Teleplay was a slight forgive, um, but I just I'm a little bit unsure whether a mile um, is what it wants. Mm. I sort of thought it was effective around the 1200 or 1400 meter range so that's a little bit of a, a negative there and i just know that stewart's riding um a little bit better than carl at the moment yeah he's um he's in amazing form and i think a, a great pointer of that too is, is he's you know he's consistent but his rides in the big races over the carnival some of those rides you know that that ride on ballistic boy in that group race that three-year-old race a couple of weeks ago was unbelievably mm. good um you know, there's no, there's no right one in better form. No, and the, the, yeah, the ride on uh, on Gay's Horse Dawn Passage was another beauty, mm. and even like in the lead up to the carnival, there was uh, there was heaps. Now, um, it's obviously a, a, a sticky one to talk about um, James McDonald's rides, but what did you think about the stewards um, through the week in New South Wales with the James McDonald? I, I thought the uh, it seemed. As if he, the, you know, the horse he was he was held up for most of the, you know, for the early part of the straight, um, and then I don't know if you've seen the ride, but it mm. doesn't look like there's anything in it at all. And then all of a sudden, uh, McDonald's like maybe facing a time on the sideline. Yeah, look, he, he has a running and handling charge against him. I think that's yeah. that was, they, had, they announced that during the week, which I thought was staggering. Um, look, I didn't think the horse was travelling at any stage. I mean. Like he's he's the arguably one of the best in in the country. Um, he's riding a horse that's struggling 
seemed to be struggling to pick up in the conditions, you know, uh, when they sprinted and he was back anyway. Um, so he's sitting on the horse that's not going any good at the time, knowing that if I just try and pull wide here, I'm going to just lose more ground because I'm not going any good. So he tries to save a little bit of ground staying in a running line position and then the horse was never going good enough. Um, look, I, I think it's an issue that racing has. Um, I think in, well, I think, I suppose I take more notice in Queensland. I, I certainly, you certainly hear it in New South Wales because it's the biggest spruce racing state in the world. Um, all this stuff getting played out in the media, I think is detrimental to racing. And certainly you could argue that's prejudicial to the image of racing. Uh, th- th- these, these, are, th- these issues are getting played out by blokes like you and me and, and the general punning public, like on social media. Uh, you know, these participants are labelled guilty until proven innocent, the way it's been handled. And, and I think that is detrimental to racing and, um, you know, if there's, a, if there's an issue with that ride and, and um, the general punter wants to blow up, I think that's, that's fine. You know, we see it with the Saturday slaughter and all that sort of thing that, that we all get on Twitter mm. and, and, and get amongst. But um, I don't know. I just think that the stewards just need to, to, need to, um, to deal with these things in-house and then they can, um, you know, advise the associated media uh, you know, post outcome. This is what's happened, and, and this is why. Yeah, and, you know, and not drag it through the press. I, it's got to stop. I think, yeah, I think you're right, and we we sort of say it all the time. Like we we see much worse rides up in Queensland on a on a week to week or day to day basis. And again, like it just seems like they've plucked one out of obscurity here for well, James. And it's just, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. If you're going to do one, you got to do all of them, or they need to invest in better better tape watches and watch races and put them all under the microscope and they need to back it up with something like punting form data or um, some more sophisticated analysis because at the moment it just seems haphazard and it's just like lucky number or unlucky number you know four James McDonald come on down and it, it just seems ridiculous and inconsistent and one of the things that's frustrating I think would be frustrating for participants and it's I'm not, like we still need stewards and integrity people to to police the integrity of racing there's no issue that's not you know, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, so there's a couple of really good examples of a couple of jockeys um, that due to the system are getting, you know, the, the rough end of the stick publicly. You've got Ben Mellum who had been charged. Um, he's still riding under the rules. He can mm. still ride. But, you know, basically between the, the time he was charged, the time the hearing is finally held, he's allowed to ride and we'll be getting chastised on social media and on a daily basis every time he throws his leg over one because the public say he's a cheat. Yeah, it's awful. You've got the same example with Bailey Nota up in Brisbane for the Vega 1 issue. Like, it's just unfair on the participants that the, the way this system mm. works. Um, we need to invest more in integrity, obviously, so we can have people that can have these cases heard. I understand both parties have to get evidence, but if you're being charged for running and handling, I'm pretty sure as a jock, or as a participant, you'd be able to, you know, get your evidence together pretty quickly to, to plead your case, and it shouldn't take three months to hear it. It should nah. be dealt with very quickly. I'm not sure what the time frame yeah. is, but it, it can't be three months. It can't be six months. Um, there's mm. trainers on here, trainers in Queensland right now. Like I think I, heard, I read somewhere, it's more than ten anyway. They're still training horses uh, and have cobalt charges hanging over their head from 2018 that haven't been heard. So. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and punters are being taxed up at the eyeballs um, and we're at breaking point. So surely 
um, there just needs to be a bit of a review on how the money is spent and where where it's all going. Because at the moment, it, they're just tipping it down the drain, and they should have ample amount of money to to run the policing of the sport um, at a higher level. Look, they're never going to be they're never going to get more money than what they have. We're talking about record turnovers uh, at the same time that you know punters are paying and and bookmakers are paying record taxes. So. Um, how about cut some of that prize money to the big end of town and, and stop trying to line the, you know, the breeders' pockets with uh, inflated prize money and listed status races all around the country, which are a complete disgrace, and, mm. um, and, and channel some of that Get in into integrity. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, girls, I think we've taken up enough of your time. You've got a couple of big meetings at Toowoomba and the Goldie and to finish off the deep dive of Doom. And so... Stay safe and warm up there, big fella. Will do, mate. Can't wait to chat offline. See you, bud. Well, see. see ya.